Welcome, everybody, to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. My name is Freddie. I am the Grand Marshal in the Paradeville. I am the insignificant, significant one, the anti-DJ, if you will. And we will be celebrating Kane Brewing the, today, this morning, I should say. Fabulous interview is all lined up, right, Dirty Derek? Oh, of course. All righty, right? Yeah, we have uh, the owner, Michael Kane calling in, the okay. namesake. Now, this is Michael Kane, K-A-N-E. Right. Not the uh, phenomenal actor, which we discovered last week. This is uh, a different Michael Kane. But uh, a no, different this, Michael Kane. This I love is, the actor. Uh, yeah. Oh, how can you not? I'm not a good impersonator, so I'm not going to attempt that accent. But uh, you know what he sounds like. That's right. all that matters. This is Michael Kane. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that's good enough. But uh, that's the best closer I could than do, I right? gotten, yeah. Backyard Billy chiming in, sliding in underneath the tag. I did. Once again, stealing home, that backyard Billy. Uh, I mean, I walked in, and you were just doing your intro. So He that's doesn't like... even have his headphones on yet. I don't even know if there's a spot there, for me to get. Oh, there's nice definitely a spot. Nice. got you yeah. all set up, man. You're hooked up like a worm on a hook at a bass tournament. <laughs> Outstanding, boys. Love it. Right. Uh, well, you know, I got I to gotta start off a little bit here today, oh, guys. I have, I have an apology I have to apparently I make. I feel like we should be playing some sad, like, violin sad, music. Some sad violin music. You, you right? should do this every time. Like, no, you're apologizing no. for something. I am. <laughs> I am. Well, apparently, I didn't realize how many people I work with listen to the radio show, and I have got beat up. All week long because what's wrong with Belgian beer, Sean? How come you're fighting them on the Belgians? And they started listing the litany of Belgians because I got on a little bit of a the soapbox. Ameri- American Belgians. That's uh, what yes, about American Belgians last week and about how some uh, American Belgians from some craft breweries aren't necessarily all they lived up to. So I have to apologize out there to any Belgian beer fan that I offended, but I will qualify my statement by saying. <laughs> Breweries such as Oma Gang in New York. I was just going to say, yeah, I Oma had Gang. one this week. Yeah, yeah. Oma Gang is a great brewery. You know, Vivant, Brewery Vivant out in, um, in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Excellent, excellent, excellent breweries. You know, I think that they do a great job because they're very Belgian beer focused, and I actually do like their beers. My comment was to the uh, random Belgian that sneaks his way into, like, a really good, you know, IPA brewery. So that- you're saying, like, you don't like it if you're – Traditionally, like an English English style brewery, and then you go ahead and do a quad or something. That's yeah. Like, we're not we're not trying to expand the empire here. We're just trying to you know stay with what you know. Yeah. Well, this is a good tie-in because what we have today with Kane, they have some phenomenal Belgian beers, and we're gonna be having one later today. And they actually really focus in on a lot of those types of things. Oh, excellent! So it's good. I, maybe we I have, can redeem myself a little Kane, bit. Kane is really nice because they have like what we have today. Now we're starting out with their IPA. Like they have a really great wide selection of different things that they're doing. But they are phenomenal. This is one I have to, and uh, I wish I took notes, but I did not. Uh, this was one that came in a few months ago. I put out a request to some of the listeners for, you know, what kind of breweries do you guys want to hear from? Like, what do you want to hear more about? And this was one that popped up on the radar. And I have to say, I'm a little ashamed. I had not heard of them prior to that. And when I received that request, went and looked them up and thought, wow, how have I not heard of these guys? So I reached out to them. And, you know, a few months later of trying to organize scheduling, all that fun stuff that always comes with it, we uh, sorted it all out. But this is a, they are just a phenomenal brewery coming out of New Jersey. They're on the Jersey Shore Wait, area. Wait, something good comes out of New Jersey? Yes, it's a rarity. <laughs> there's, there's a couple things that come out of New Jersey that's okay. 
All right, I'm just used to the trucks <laughs> coming, you know, coming, you know, coming out. You know, it's funny. A lot of people. I mean, New Jersey kind of gets you know dumped on a lot from a lot of places, but for some reason here in Pennsylvania, we especially love to dump all over it's, New Jersey. And I don't know what it's like it, Shelbyville and Springfield. Yeah, when I you when know, I the moved, Simpsons, when I went like, away, I was in Boston. I remember meeting people who live in New Jersey, and I, I guess I just had this disdained face when they said I'm from Jersey, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I just hear, oh, well, you from Pennsylvania? <laughs> they just knew. Right away. I don't know where it comes from, well, but and, we're, and, we're born with it somehow. And what's up? What's up? With their packaging here, Darren. Yeah, it's that's like the other thing. Like, that's the thing I want to cover. Most, most, <laughs> most of. Most of Kane's beers are draft only, so we actually were lucky enough. They actually bottled these just for us for the show, so these are pulled out of their things for everything. But a lot of those are just draft only beers. We have some that they have labels. They kind of rotate through because I mean they are only in New Jersey. That's the one thing I will say. It's unfortunate for some of you listening elsewhere that you're probably not going to find these unless you're really you know on the the interwebs hunting around, but. Phenomenal brewery, so let's just get into this. First one we have, now this is the Head High. This is a 6.2% ABV American IPA utilizing the 5C hop, so it's a real nice bouquet. It's really tropical, fruity. You really get a wide range of, of hop aromas and notes coming through in this, but super, super easy drinking, 6.2%. It's 80 IBUs for, yeah. a, you know, for a regular IPA. I think that's like... It's tipping yeah. the scale a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's nicely balanced, too. It's yeah. not usually getting an 80 IBU beer, and it's like it's got a real heavy mouthfeel, a real solid sweetness to it. And this is, this is relatively dry for such a hoppy, yeah, it, it's, hoppy delicious beer. It's definitely one. Like, the aroma is just so alluring. Like, everything's really up front in that. Like, just initially, you get a lot of tropical fruit type stuff. It's, it's one of those... It kind of showcases the difference between an East Coast and a West Coast type brewery. The West Coast, you're getting a lot more of those pine hop resin things versus the East Coast kind of tends to be more fruity, light aroma characteristics. And they're utilizing a lot of the same hops, but it's just the way that they're putting these recipes together. And it's got a nice, um, you know, sometimes when you're brewing IPAs, you can get a little bit cattiness into it when you're yeah. with those aroma hops, um, depending on how they how they balance off each other, what aroma hops they're using. And this has got a really nice... It's got a nice fruity, like I don't want to say sweetness, but like it's got a real like, like almost like a, yeah, like it's a tropical fruits. That's what yeah, kind of yeah. came to my it, brain, like the, in the, the aroma. You yeah. get like pineapple, mango, like all those really nice things, and then citrus fruits are coming through. But it's not. It, it's got a nice bitterness, but it's not for 80 IBU. It, it doesn't have that like real strong punch. It still has a nice balance, and just with the malts and everything, it's just. It's. It, I know what you're saying. It's. It's sweet, but it's not sweet that you might yeah, think of. Right, like, right, right. Because some IPAs really are like they have that really sweet like caramel malt flavor. This doesn't no. have that. It's a. It's a different type of sweetness, but it still has a nice dry finish, but not. Not that dry, puckering punch finish. Great beer for breakfast. Yeah, this is just a really nicely balanced American IPA, and that's what's great to see. That I mean, that's what when I was doing the research was brewing. I first found out, I was looking. It's like, wow, they have a good array of different things they get into, and they do a lot of really cool things with with barrel aging. Like one of the ones they're gonna be finishing off with is actually a blend that they did of the of beers from their past three years. Which one is it? Ten ninety five. Ten ninety five. Yeah, it's it's actually a blend that they did of this is their third anniversary beer, and uh, they did a blend of the first year anniversary, second year, and third ages in bourbon barrels, and it, it's just I haven't had that one yet, so we'll be getting into that's the other thing. I haven't had any of these beers before. This is a, a first for all of us, because we haven't been exposed to this brewery. I mean, it, what's nice is being here in our immediate area in Pennsylvania, they're a quick jump over. You can hop, hop on their website and uh, find out. What well, my buddy George was just down there yesterday. He texted me. He's like, hey, you know, he had a 
great time last night down at Kane. So that's, I mean, he, you know, yeah. it, it's it's just a hop, skip, and a yeah. jump to go it, check him out. It's like less than a two-hour, I mean, to, to get some of Kane beers, it's less than an hour drive. Hop over the border, and you could find some. Because on their website, which is nice, because um, it was actually out in Jersey last week. It just wasn't, didn't have time to stop anywhere. I just had to get what I needed and get home. But uh, right over the border, there's a lot of places. If you go to their website, it'll show you all the places where you can get some of their beers. And a lot of them are drafts, so it's somewhere you're going to sit down and might have to eat, too. Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, this is, you know, it's nice that you have to travel for this one. Um, I've, I've often bemoaned kind of the, uh, the access a little bit that we have to a lot of great craft beer because it takes away part of the... Uh, excitement of going to the brewery, right? There's not there. I, I've never had a better time in my life than going to a brewery, bellying up to a bar, sitting next to people who, you know, if you work at a brewery, you love your beer. Yeah. Like you know, if you you walk into some, you know, less reputable beer establishments, and you know, it might like be the backyard ale house, like the backyard <laughs> ale house, right? And you know, the servers the servers are there to do a job. You know, they've got a lot of beers on. They're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is good. But most of the time, you know, you go to a microbrewery, those people, they know the beers, they'll suggest, I mean, they're really knowledgeable, and it makes you feel really more connected to yeah. that beer. And you, half the time, the brewers are already there because they're it's, too poor to yeah. hire someone else to pour the beer for them, so... And especially with having this limited distribution they have where they're only in New Jersey, like they have a lot of Jersey pride with it and they want to be there and promote their beers. Like that's, they, they want to be there. Um, you know, some of these breweries as they get bigger, it's no fault of their own, but it's tough for them to be there because it becomes a business. It becomes, you know, an, an animal. Yeah. It becomes something yeah. unto itself that you kind of have to maintain instead of being able to be there on the front lines, because if you're there on the front lines, well, then nothing else is getting done and you're going to be out of business pretty soon. But that's what when you have a smaller brewery like this up and coming, like that's where you see breweries like Russian River, where uh, you know the owner Vinny is very, very meticulous. Basically, you know, without dusting around it, he's got bad OCD from what it seems like because he has to sample every barrel that they're doing, and he doesn't want to grow to where he can't do that anymore. And that's what you see a lot of these breweries. They get so passionate about what they're doing that they want to have that, and it's not always OCD, but they want to have that control because once it gets to a certain level. There's a let you have to make sure that you have someone there yeah, you like fully what's, trust. What's the end game? Yeah, you know where yeah. like where do you want to where do you want to be? Do you want to be up like a mega conglomerate or do you want to have be some? Yeah, the goal you know, for every brewery isn't to be in every fifty states. That's well, the thing. but and at a certain point you see it now. You know, a lot of people are really hitting home about oh, you know, you have a lot of breweries out there and they're selling out to the big guys and this that, and the other thing. But if you think about it, a lot of these a lot of these tried and true names that we've grown up with, bells and. Um, Elizen and, and all these people, they're like, oh, you can't believe, you know, Goose Island, right? Oh, they sold out. I can't believe Bells didn't sell out. I just use them yeah. as an example. But, um, you know, the owners are, you know, they're 50, 60 years old now. They're, you know, yeah. they're hitting the point where, you know, hey, what am I going to do to keep this going? You know, I can, you know, hang on to what I had a little bit and you let someone else take care of the distribution yeah, it, or I can close down or, I mean, it's. It's trust. Like, that's what yeah. it is. Like, you need to make sure that you have, if, if you started a brewery and you are the brewer, then you need to have full trust in whoever you have as your brewmaster so that you can let go of the reins and trust them to do as much of a passionate job as you were doing with the beer. We call that flipping the burgers. Like, are you still literally <laughs> yeah. flipping the burgers in yeah. the business? You yeah. Know? So it's like. Yeah. I mean, at some point you can no longer be, you know, like the old saying, you can't be the, the bottle washer and chief in charge. You, you kind of have to start letting go of those little things and grow the brewery. And sometimes it's tough, especially when you started it like in your garage 
and grew it into something, it's kind of tough to let go of those reins. But, you know, that's it really comes down to what does the brewery want to do? Do they want to grow to that point? Do they want to stay like, you know, we talked with, with Doug O'Dell from Odell. Like they want to be a regional brewery. That's where they see themselves. So they're never going to be in all 50 states. So it really comes down to what's the end game of the brewer. What does he intend to do? What's the whole point of it? Because sometimes it really isn't. Maybe they don't ever want to get outside of their state. They want to stay there, and they're comfortable with that. And especially, I mean, we're also talking about um, craft breweries, you know, in 2015. You know, this is not the early 90s when, you know, you didn't have a large variety. And it was easy for a brewery like Sam Adams or Rogue or Dogfish Head to really, like, expand quickly because, you know, you had Bud, you had Miller, you had Coors. You know, hell, it was sometimes even hard to get Coors on the East Coast in the you know, late 80s, early 90s, you know? Um, Don't forget Schlitz, man. Schlitz. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's, that, that is some good tailgate beer, though. I'm not going to. But, you know, back then it was much easier for these guys to come in and make a foothold in the market and say, hey, wow, look what I'm doing. Even You, you were the tastemaker. Like, you were, yeah. by having a different brewery, you became the tastemaker. Now it's kind of flipped, and there's a lot of different breweries, and so now... It kind of has to be almost like the tastemakers. I'm not saying that we are, but it has to be exported out to other people that are kind of sitting around. But it's also a lot of white noise, too. You know, what's your niche? You know, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of craziness going on and and a lot of IPAs out there and a lot of great beer. But, you know, it it can be hard to to figure it out. Definitely. Thank you very much for that. Gentlemen, that was a nice banter between the three of you. And if you need Coors beer on the East Coast, you know what you got to do. You got to call the bandit. That's how you get it. (laughs) Definitely. You get it on the other side of the Mississippi. That's how we roll. But we're going to take a break right now. You're listening to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Have you been searching for the perfect engagement ring or an exquisite gift for a special occasion? Rainbow Jewelers is where you'll find it. Rainbow Jewelers, consistently voted the number one jeweler in the Wyoming Valley, has a large selection of GIA and EGL certified diamonds, engagement rings, necklaces, bracelets, and earrings. Rainbow Jewelers also has wedding bands, birthstone jewelry, mother's rings, all high quality at the best price. Plus, they sell citizen brand watches and offer jewelry repairs. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. When my furnace went, I knew who to call. C.W. Schultz and Son in Wilkesbury. Been servicing the area for over 90 years and Jack Bellis hooked me up and made it a very comfortable transaction. C.W. Schultz and Son are installers of Burnham Boilers made in Lancaster, PA, and they install high-quality Bryant heating and cooling systems. Don't waste time. Do what I did. Go to C.W. Schultz and Son and visit them at cwsheltsandson.com. The Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins take on the Worcester Sharks this Friday night at 7.05. It's also an Eyewitness News Fan Friday. Fans can purchase a lower-level game ticket for just $14. That's half off the gate price. Come on out and enjoy $2 domestic drafts until 7.30. Then on Saturday, your Penguins battle the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. The first 5,000 fans will receive a Tux bobblehead courtesy of PNC Bank. Now, if you need more information on any of these upcoming games, go to wbspenguins.com or call 570-208-PENS. Individual tickets for all Penguins home games are available now at the Arena Box Office, online at Ticketmaster.com, or by calling 800-745-3000. For a list of all upcoming games, be sure to check out wbspenguins.com or follow the Pens on Facebook and Twitter. Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, united by hockey. 
If you're looking to get cash for your broken and unwanted jewelry, go to a reputable jeweler who's been in business for a long time, not one that appeared because the price of gold went up. Bring your broken and unwanted jewelry to Rainbow Jewelers. They're professionals and deal directly with the refiner. Rainbow Jewelers will tell you what your gold's really worth and pay you what it's really worth. Rainbow Jewelers, 789 Wyoming Avenue, Kingston. Open Tuesday through Saturday. All right, welcome back to the Beer Geeks Radio Hour here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. Dirty Derek, who do we have who we're speaking with from the Cane Brewery today? Well, right now we'd like to welcome on the line Mr. Michael Kane, owner founder of Cane Brewery. Michael, how are you this morning? Uh, good guys. Thanks for having me. Oh, we got a bad connection here, Michael. We have a bad connection there. If we can stay stationary a little bit. Okay. All right, I think we're good now. All right. First of all, Mike, we have to get this out of the way because uh, this came up last week when we were talking. Now, when you were starting this brewery out, did you have any issues when you were calling and saying, this is Michael Kane and I'm opening up a new brewery? Did anybody confuse you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an issue at all. <laughs> I was just wondering if that would be someone like, well, really? What, what happened to the accident? <laughs> All right, yeah, so, no, that was it. So when you guys opened in 2011, like you had, from doing a little bit of research, you had an interesting past. Like what were you doing prior to leading up to opening up Cane Brewing? Uh, professionally, I was in finance. I had about four years uh, in New York as a consultant and another four years as an uh, investment banker. Michael, I'm... Michael, I'm sorry. We're losing you, man. We have a really bad connection. We're going to try to call you back in a couple seconds, Okay. Okay. All right, thank you. Sorry about that, boys. We're going to try to hook up on Michael in a little bit and uh, maybe call him back, but that was just too tough yeah, right now, little... and I don't want to do that to him because whatever we get from him, we want to make sure that everybody yeah, we knows. we want to hear it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So we'll work out the kinks with that situation. Derek, why don't you just have him come on the radio station? Why being so cheap, bud? Put why us in the hotel Guys, rooms. drink some beer, man. <laughs> well... well, what we're having now, this is the, the overhead, so we jumped into the, the Imperial... IPA. So we beefed it up a little bit. This one is 8.2%. Now they're calling this one an Imperial IPA instead of the, the double IPA, which I kind of prefer. It makes it sound a little better. Really, it's same thing, same classification when you're when you're getting everything going. But it's nice because this is actually only using Simcoe and Amarillo hops. So it, it's just using instead of the five C's, takes on two different ones. But it fall it, it, it is a nice backup to the other one because it tastes very similar in profile despite the difference in hops. Because I mean, with the Simcoe, you're getting a little bit of that that uh, you know what we're used to with a lot of um, hops. You know, a little bit of the grapefruit, some of the pine, some of the resin stuff, and then the, the Amarillo has a little bit of orange kick to it in the back end. But it's like a real nice spicy sweet almost. When I was when I was looking at the notes, they said that <clears throat> this beer they use. Five pounds of hops per barrel. Yeah. In this, I mean, that is just a, a monstrous amount. I'm sure Sean would. Sean. Yes. <laughs> I was, I, you know, I, I was pulling something up. I wanted to pull something up real quick. Uh, you know, Derek, you keep saying the five C's, just so everyone knows what hops we're talking about is Columbus, Cascade, Centennial, Chinook, and Crystal. So, you know, trying to help some people out there. Columbus, Centennial, Cascade, Citra, Chinook. Oh, whatever. Crystal, <laughs> Citra. Oh. Booyah. I mean, <laughs> anyhow. But uh, back to the... Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, that is a crazy amount of hops to use. Um, and it's impressive that they're using that volume of hops for these beers because um, anyone who... Uh, if you're listening out there and you're a microbrewery, I know we have a couple local uh, small um, small breweries out there that listen to us a little bit. Um, some local guys, three guys, or um, uh, uh, Breaker... They'll tell you it's hard to get hops sometimes, you know, yeah. and, and there's, you know, 
as homebrewers. Especially um, Simcoe. I will say Simcoe, Simcoe is a tough is, one yeah. because that, that's a very in vogue hop that a lot of people use and they use it in bulk. And especially like the bigger, you know, known hop breweries like Stone, all they have huge hop contracts. That one gets and, really difficult when you're a small up and comer. And it's funny because, you know, as a, as a homebrewer, you walk into a, 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 any decent homebrew shop and there's a hundred different hop varieties. You can get basically anything you want whenever you want it. And you don't realize how hard it is for um, when you move to the professional scale to then get these these breweries and or breweries, get these uh these hops to use to make your beers. So the fact that you take some of these harder to get, uh, harder to get hops and puts such huge quantities really shines through in, in a really different, unique and tasty flavor coming out of this IPA. I guess if you're like a smaller brewery and you're not making as much liquid, like for instance, if you're just distributed in New Jersey, then they probably can swing it. But if they were, you know, if they were expand production, then, you know, those quantities in mass become, you know, I guess difficult to uh, difficult to attain. So, yeah, um, I you know it's one of those things that it's it's tough. You know, I mean, it, you can talk to a lot of even um, medium sized breweries that will tell you, hey, it's a it's a tough it's a tough market. You know, hop contracts are, are somewhat hard to come by. Um, hop um, varieties are depending on how they are sought after or not sought after. Um, it, it's really a, a, a a roll of the dice, and you. A lot of small breweries have to rely on those, those bigger guys to help them out. Sometimes, you know, Dogfish Head's got some really solid hop contracts, and they're able to do some of their great beers. Same thing with, with Sam Adams. Same thing with, uh, you know, Rogue. You know, you needed to rely on these these bigger guys to help you out sometimes. Now, like as far as home brewers, like like how do they get access to this stuff, Sean? Like how 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 is it for accessing like small amounts if you're going to use it? You know, let's say if you're brewing five gallons, like how do, how does that work? Well, for a homebrew, I mean, you know, we use a lot of the. There's a bunch of local homebrew shops that are really great in our area. Um, you've got. Oh, do we have a? Oh, is he back? Yeah, he's back. Oh, on. they're cutting me off. That's that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. I had to run out to my car for a while. I know you hooked up on a landline. We appreciate your patience. And welcome back to I, the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. Thanks, guys. Sorry about that. Oh, is that no. any better? It, it's still got a weird feedback thing, but I think we can we can make it work. We'll somehow let's roll. Let's let's punch let's through. Let's roll. It. All right, let's so roll. well, we were getting in with this now. But before you open up the brewery, what, what was your your past kind of leading up to this? Because you have an interesting one. Yeah, I was a um, mostly a finance finance guy. I worked in New York City as a uh, investment banker for about four years preceding the opening. Yeah, Michael, we're still struggling with the connection yeah. there, man. I'm sorry about this. We'll get back to you at a later date, man. No it's, problem. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. We're enjoying Bye. the beer. That's definitely cool. You know, Derek, maybe we can see if Mike can get us a, uh, can do a little blurb for the Facebook page. We can do maybe a little, uh, we'll do a little uh, follow up with little them on follow-up. this. That is an actual excellent idea. A little question and answer on there. Uh, all you beer geeks out there, if you want to uh, ask. I know, me. I wish the line was better. I was like really looking forward to talking with him. So. You know, another bus trip we're going to have to have, Mr. Uh, Mr. Derek. We're going to have to drive ourselves on out to uh, New Jersey and uh, go visit him and maybe have a little face to face. Maybe we'll stop at Carton. Could be. Could we do be. a little Jersey trip. Little, little, little Jersey trip, you know, uh, well, flying fishes out that Joy-Z. way. The thing Joy-Z. with them that was interesting that I want to talk to Michael about, like, he was doing, prior to getting into this, I guess I'll do his bio for him. 
he was working in financing. That was his background. Like he did a lot of stuff like out in the business world primarily to, to opening this up and just kind of got into home brewing along the way and worked his way into doing this, which actually kind of, I think, gave him a leg up versus a lot of brewers. Yeah, investment capital. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have a lot of, you know, the, the opposite problem is like they know a lot about brewing, but they know nothing about business and how to start up financial things. But he had the opposite where that's what his background was, was always in financing, got into home brewing and built himself into doing this. And just really hit the ground running. I mean, they opened in 2011. 2013, they already won a gold at GABF. So, I mean, they just came out of the, the gate really hitting it hard and just built themselves up. And they've been slowly winning awards. He he had won a couple awards at uh, NHC, the National Homebrewers Convention. He won, I think, a silver and a gold in that as well. So he really knew what he was doing as he built himself up into this. And it was another one of you know the classic story that we hear from a lot of breweries. The owners traveled around the world, went to Germany, England, Belgian area, had these beers, and then decided, I want to come back and I want to have these at home because I don't have that availability. This was like late 90s, I think he was into this. And just slowly now... And you know, the market's caught up to that because that's really the background a lot of brewers have as they traveled overseas. That's what we always heard with all these originators of it was they left the country and then came back, and that's how they started everything. Well, it's nice, and, and it's really uh, it's really telling of, a, of the breweries that do that. They really, uh, really try to make those classic styles shine, and it brings those classic styles really through and helping you to show you know all the all the nuances that made these beers great you know what made a really good dortmunder or alt beer or anything from the german belgian region you know so it's a it's a really cool very interesting way of starting a brewery not just having a, a hobby and saying hey i made a good beer you know which is an awesome way to start off but you know having that level of passion really shows and shines through when you have a really delicious brewery like Kane is yeah, I mean, this. what's nice, too, with this, uh, you see a lot of breweries when they do an IPA and a double IPA, they tend to be, the double IPAs tend to be really over the top, super aggressive. Uh, that's really, it's a tough nut to crack, as we talked about last week, when you're entering into a beer style that's very, very saturated in the market, especially double IPAs. That's the one that everyone really latches on to, and that becomes the next big thing, and people are, you know, trading all over the Internet for it. It's a tough one to get into unless you really know what you're doing. And it's nice because this is a really good complementary beer to their initial, their standard IPA, which is a really nice thing to see that it's not just totally unto itself. It's a, it's different hops, but it still has, it's a very complementary one to it. And it's, uh, what is it, 8.2% too. So it's still super enjoyable and it's like really easy drinking, but it has like a, a semi-dry finish. But this is another, I mean... It really is. Like, this is a phenomenal brewery. I mean, they really and truly are. Listen, I believe everything that you're saying. No, is you there don't. a chance that you can have Michael try one more time to one call in? Derek, more time. if you do that, I think I'm going to do something here with the board, and I just want to see if I can make this happen. Okay? I sure will. I mean, Please let me, do that. Because let me shoot him a text. Shoot him a text. I'm going to try one third more. Time's tr- third, one, yeah. third time's a charm. Agreed. There's, I'm going to um, try to take a different direction, bringing them up on the air, because I really want to speak with them as well as you guys. And I want to hear the story. I don't want to speak with it. I don't know if that was talking about. With all the still. mysterious knobs and no. buttons, sliders. and Sliders. That would be really, really lights, cool. Lots of lights. Lights. It's like. 
kind of daunting looking at that thing. It is daunting. This is from Ooh, the 1970s, looks like a Christmas too. Tree. <laughs> How about this, Backyard Billy? What do you got going on tonight at that Backyard Hey, house? we have uh, Justin Mazur and friends. Justin Bieber and friends. All no, right. Bieber. <laughs> oh, man. Is he going to take his shirt off and show his underwear again? Uh, That's exactly God, what I want my 12-year-old daughter to see. We can roast them. So you <laughs> come check out some, some good music. Justin Mazur's there. And then we times. have the... Uh, we have the EC Brewfest shuttle coming up oh, on beans. the 18th, so oh, you can, you know. Watch out, baby. So we get all the dirty laundry from the festival, mm-hmm. so that's probably the best Dirty laundry from the festival. That's outstanding. We're going to take a short break and come back here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on Sports at 102.3 MB Sports Radio. Soccer. It's more than just a sport. It's a passion. You live it. You love it. Soccer is the beautiful game, and Soccer Plus and Clark Summit is the shop that makes the game look good. They carry an amazing selection of the best in soccer merchandise, footwear, equipment, uniforms, and fan gear. So whether you're a footballer or a fan, you'll find what you're looking for at Soccer Plus, 611 South State Street, Clark Summit. Visit SoccerPlusOnline.com. Soccer Plus is a proud sponsor of the Two Robbies Football Show, Saturdays at 5 p.m. on 102.3 The Sports Hub. Two of the biggest names in music unite. Fall Out Boys. Wiz Khalifa. Holla, 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 holla. Together live. We the boys of summer tour. Saturday, the 4th of July. The Pavilion at Montage Mountain. Fallout Boy and Wiz Khalifa. With special guest, Hoodie Allen. Don't miss out. Fallout Boy with Khalifa. Tickets are on the sale now. Available at the Pavilion Box Office online at Ticketmaster.com or by calling 1-800-745-3000. Produced by Live Nation. After delivering sweets, the only thing the Easter Bunny wants in his basket is mouth-watering peanut butter chiffon candies from John Stopay Candies. Stopay Candies offers a great assortment of Easter candy from rich milk chocolate bunnies to coconut clusters and, of course, its world-famous peanut butter chiffon. Located at 17 North River Street in Plains and now in Taylor at 354 North Main Street, just two doors down from Act Out Theater. John Stopay Candies, over 65 years of making sure the Easter Bunny has the most delicious handmade chocolate. Penteladata's fiber-rich network is everywhere you are, combining the bandwidth you need with the quality of service and security you deserve. So whether you're conferencing in or taking out, getting a medical exam or taking a school exam, you can feel confident knowing one of the region's largest privately owned fiber optic networks is behind the services you use every day in business, banking, healthcare, and more. It's all possible with the next generation network from Penteladata. When my furnace went, I knew who to call. C.W. Schultz and Son in Wilkesbury, been servicing the area for over 90 years, and Jack Bellis hooked me up and made it a very comfortable transaction. C.W. Schultz and Son are installers of Burnham Boilers made in Lancaster, PA, and they install high-quality Bryant heating and cooling systems. Don't waste time. Do what I did. Go to C.W. Schultz and Son and visit them at cwschultzandson.com. All right, we're back here with the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on Sports Hub 102.3. NBC Sports Radio. I'm going to do this yep. one more time. Third time's a charm. Please welcome to the show here on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour, Mr. Michael Kane. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not Good. bad, buddy. How are you? Uh, good. 
I think but, we got to sort it out, Mike. It sounds good. Thank you so much for hanging in there for all that. It was. Yay! <laughs> How about thank Freddie for not giving up? Yeah. Fre- Freddie hung on there. Freddie hung on. <laughs> no problem, guys. My all right. Pleasure. So let's jump into this now. You you were doing prior to this. You were doing. You were in the finance area, correct? I was. Yeah, I, I did that up in New York as an investment banker for about five years, four or five years. So now, how did you wind up making that transition into to getting into beer? Was there was there a certain beer you tried? Was there an area you went to? Well, I've been, uh, I been. I got into beer to start homebrewing in college. Uh, probably you know ten years before that. Um, I got into beer and. Uh, I spent some time in Europe, backpacked around there in college, was introduced to European, you know, Belgian beers, English beers, uh, which has sort of piqued my interest in better beer. And at that time, it was late 90s, a lot of the guys in New England were getting going, you know, Long Trail and Magic Hat. And so I was sort of getting exposed to better beer and craft beer in the, in the U.S. And, um, you know, they... Because of that beer, that interest in beer, I started homebrewing, and that's sort of where it uh, went from there. Uh, when I graduated, uh, it, I wanted to open a brewery at that point, but I knew it was something that sort of didn't have the experience or the money, so I just followed my sort of career path of finance and just kept homebrewing on the side. So it was sort of a long path, you know, through finance and homebrewing to get here. Michael, I am so sorry for this. The third time a charm failed. We're really, you're really breaking up here on the air, and I apologize for wasting your time this morning. We really appreciate everything that you do and this wonderful beer, but we are not going to be able yeah, to continue we'll sort with something this. Out we'll again. sort something out, and we'll produce a wonderful interview with you. And Sean mentioned something about taking a bus trip down there. He's going to massage your feet. Okay? <laughs> he's going to massage your feet for all the trouble, wow. and he's real good in between the toes from what I hear. Oh, man. Uh, well, Watch out. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Michael. Sorry about All right, man. We tried. At no, least we, we tried, we tried our best. It was a little better, but it was still kind of just in yeah. and out. It's just tough when it's like that because... It shows that we're live. Yeah. yeah, yeah that, we're that stuff will happen. live, man. That'll happen sometimes. All righty. But, uh, you know, within within all this, uh, there's, there's a lot of the beers um, that they've been doing that are just really phenomenal. Um, the thing that they've been doing is because of where he was at, he kind of had... Uh, you know, all different styles going on, which was he was getting into it. They traveled around a lot. He got into a lot of the English things and all this stuff. But it's nice because that really showcases, because that's one thing you hear about a lot of the breweries is like, oh, I went to England, tried a lot of these English beers, and they came back, and that's kind of where they are at is it's an English-style brewery. But with traveling in the different areas that he went to, the beer meccas that he was in, you know, the England, the Germany, the Belgium, that really is going to have an influence on what you bring back and what you start putting into the brew house and what you really start building into. And it's been interesting. I mean, we've had American IPA, an Imperial IPA, and now what we have, this is their their morning bell. This is a 9.2% Imperial Milk Porter with fresh roasted coffee. Now, what I have written down here, this is fresh roasted coffee from the local uh, Rook Coffee Roasters in uh, Monmouth County in New Jersey. But this is just absolutely delicious. I bet, I bet Rook Coffee Roasting isn't anything like Electric City Coffee Roasting. Oh, Go Scranton. Go Scranton. Scranton. Keep it local. <laughs> That's my theme today. Keeping it local. Um, but this, this is just... It's so smooth. Yeah, this beer's fantastic. Yeah, this is so smooth. You get some of those subtle coffee. You know, like I, I love when coffee is used in perfect balance where it's not overly bitter, but it provides... Because it acts as like almost like a little bit of bitterness, like a hop. And that's what's nice in this is you get a little bit of that coffee. Yeah, but those oils. It's not acidic, yeah. yeah, it's not acidic, though. You can tell, I mean, 
the best part about this being a coffee beer is that you can tell a really well-crafted coffee beer by how much it smells like coffee in the aroma. Yeah. And this smells like a cup of coffee. It's it's with just cream. Got, with, with cream. With a little bit of cream. Yeah, in there's too, which lactose is nice. in it. Yeah. Well, no, but it, I'm it's just going to aroma. I don't really smell milk. I guess, you don't wait. get a little bit of the aroma? Maybe, I don't know. I, I mean, I just like the coffee smell. I mean, I, I've, oh, had, yeah, you get the I've, coffee, I get, yeah. I've had many coffee-flavored things and... <laughs> <laughs> things? What, what other coffee-flavored things have you oh, had? Well, <laughs> I mean, not just beer. I mean, you have, you know, there's coffee. chocolate-covered espresso beans. Yeah. Mm, but, I mean, you don't get. are, like, crack. <laughs> you get, like, all sugared and caffeinated up in one shot, you know? <laughs> like geeking. But, no, I mean, it's just, it's nice. It's got that nice, fresh coffee flavor into yeah. it. You can tell that it's it has real coffee in the in the beer it's not just like an extract or a um a way of just trying to say oh we have a coffee flavored whatever is it no it's a it's a really well crafted beer yeah it's, it's really smooth and it's nice when you get into these imperial i mean this is one of those beers where you know, you're saying imperial porter that that's another uh fine line that that happens within the craft beer industry when you're going between a porter and a stout it's a very fine line and when you're getting into calling something an imperial porter that kind of starts to you know cross that line of like does this taste more like does this feel the mouth feel wise more like a stout or more like a porter and you kind of start to play off one another and it really comes into descriptors of what you're going to do if i was going to describe this to someone it kind of does have more of a stout feel to it but it's it is a beefed up porter it definitely still has it's not nearly as uh roasty as like as far as malt goes i mean the, the coffee definitely comes through so you get a lot of roasted coffee coming through but it's just like really the, the milk and it's like really so. Yeah, smooth. a lot of porters have like kind of somewhat thin mouth feels. Mm-hmm. You know, they taste like like malt water in yeah. some cases. Um, yeah, and, but, the, I, and I, that's but what I'm this one to, doesn't. Maybe no, it's maybe smoother. it's because of lactose in it. That's what I'm and, trying to figure uh, out. Is, yeah. is this like the malt choices, or is this like because of the the combination of some you know creamy lactic and and some nice coffee going in there that kind of gives it that more of a, a smooth mouth feel that kind of gets more into feeling like an American stout. Like that's kind of how I, I, it appears to me a little bit on the palate. It's definitely it, it not, you wouldn't confuse this with an Imperial stout. No. It doesn't, it's not that thick, but uh, it kind of gets into maybe you would consider it an American stout, but this is just, whatever you want to call it, I don't care. I'm not that <laughs> geeky about it. I just say yeah. it's good. <laughs> yeah. This, like just, this is just, this is just good beer. Yeah, this you know? is absolutely phenomenal. And it's great. And it showcases what this brewery can do. Like you can knock out of the park a great American IPA, a double IPA. Now you're doing getting into porters and you're really hitting those home. And these are like classic styles that, that have a great following and that really have a rich tradition behind them. But I think sometimes, you know, I mean, this is a good example of of what American craft breweries do to classic styles. They take the classic style and they build on it to make yeah. really fantastic beers. Sometimes more, they're more, 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 more yeah. put more stuff in it. Oh, yeah. It's not really the style anymore, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is just one of those beers. Someone brings it over and they're, you know. We're all, the three of us are sitting here, four of us are sitting here drinking the beer. We're all geeking out about, it. oh, well, do you think it has a little little bit too much, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing, blah, 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 It doesn't matter. I mean, it's just one of those beers, hey, if you're talking too much about it, you should shut up and drink it. I mean, yeah. this is and a if, shut up and drink th- it beer. Yeah, this is good. one, if, if you like dark beers or you like coffee in general, yeah, I could chug you, this. you will love this one. And it's 9.2, and you don't get that at all, which kind of makes it a little, like... Be a little weary when you're drinking A it, great beer for work, if you will. Yeah, well, good for the morning. This is a good yes. breakfast. Put in a French press, no one's even going to know uh, about it. Whoa. 
Oh, oh. <laughs> I know a guy. Whoa. But uh, I, I got know a guy. A guy. I, got I got a guy. guy. Yeah. But this is the whole thing with, with this brewery. I mean, really showing me like, the, what they won GABF Golden. And this is the, the beer they won was called Night to End All Dawns, and it was a bourbon barrel aged stout that they won GABF Gold with. And that's going to be coming out in the summer. They're going to put the next one out. What a fantastic name for yeah. a beer! Too. Oh yeah, that's the other thing that's cool. Is they they have some really interesting names. Like they're not going. They're not trying to be punny or anything like that. Like they're they're just interesting which makes it more enjoyable as they're going through this but i mean that that really shows that what this brewery can do i mean they they have a, a great following with all of their beers all of their styles have great followings which is just you know sean almost took a digger <laughs> <laughs> we almost heard a, a second thought of a head hitting a I'm, desk. A, I'm gonna talk uh, i'm gonna say that was more to do with the wheels in the chair and less about the nine uh, percent alcohol beer that we've been chugging <laughs> But no, this and what's great with them is like they they are uh, the one thing I talked to Michael about. They're in the middle of now of a new expansion. They just signed on. They're expanding out another five thousand square feet. So they're they're starting to really. The one thing I was I was wondering with him, I wanted to ask him, which at some point we will, is you know when you win these awards at GABF, is that stuff that people beyond us care about? Like, do they do they see an immediate increase in foot traffic into the brewery? Or is that just something like some beer nerds are sitting around going, oh, my God, they won GABF? That's what I wonder. Like, does that actually immediately translate to the general public? I, of, I bet you I, I would almost have to guarantee Yeah, that's, that's yeah. what I would think, like, because it would be word of mouth would quickly go out there and people would like, oh, you got to try this. And it would I, go out there. I Especially think it's, when it's a seasonal like that. I, I would think it's a two. I, would, I think it's twofold. I mean, you have... Um, you know, and Billy, uh, being down at Backyard, you know this. Like, if you guys post on your Facebook page, hey, we've got this really rare beer, right? You have a lot of foot tra- traffic come into the bar one time to buy that beer, right? Let's yeah. say yes. Kentucky Breakfast Stout, right? You probably see people you've never saw before in your life. They're like, hey, I'm here all the time. Where's my KBS? And you're like, I've never seen you before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so you have that half. You know, you know, you, someone gets a gold or a silver or anything. You know, we we see it in the homebrew clubs, you know. You know, Scram Brewers Guild, we've had a uh, very fortunate um, couple of our members have placed and medaled in the National Homebrewers Conference. And everyone goes, oh, I need to have that beer. Some people say you need to have that beer. Mm-hmm. Other people, and I would say the majority of the craft beer community, looks at winning of the, especially GABF as a, as a signification of saying, "Hey, you know what? You're making a solid a solid attempt at making good liquid, and they're going after all the liquid. Hey, you're you're a medal winner. I mean, you might want to knock on Miller Lite a little bit. Oh, but I mean, they did win for American Light Lager and GABF, and you know." You can't doubt the fact that they're making a lot of liquid very consistently over the over the. Um, it's, it's tough to do. Yeah, it's hard Several to facilities, do. Facilities, you know. I mean, not that we're all going to run out and chug Coors Lights now, but you <laughs> Miller know, Miller Lite I was talking about, but that's oh, fine. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Insert Sorry. light well, beer. Just, insert <laughs> light beer. But no, you know, actually owning a bar like that puts that beer puts a lot of bread on our table. That makes like everything else possible. So I mean, I like we kind of like. No, as much as we brag on, on it, it, but it's like kind of need to have it. Hey, you need to know? lean on it a bit. I, I just think that you know, for the for the majority of the craft beer community, getting a getting a medal in GABF is a signification that you are making solid beer. Sure. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind it's an of affirmation. Affirmation. It's validation yes. that you are. You know, you're not just a whole bunch of smoke and mirrors. That you're making good liquid on a regular basis. And there's a majority of 
judges who are agreeing with that with that statement. Yeah, and that that's what it, it, it just. That's what I just wondered. Is it an immediate effect or is it like a slow trickle? That's more I guarantee what I'm it's like street cred. Like oh yeah, it definitely you know, is over like, time. But I just wonder. I wonder immediately because because how many people? I mean, I know most of the average Joes out there, if you want to call them that, aren't paying attention to who's winning medals at GABF as the winners are announced. So that's what I wonder, like, how immediate is the the reaction to, and I'm sure immediately they probably start getting calls from people like, hey, can uh, you send me cases? Because that's the thing that's funny with a lot of these people. You hear that the stories about distributors and breweries, the calls that they get from people like, hey, can you send me two cans of, it, it's like, no, you, you can't do that. <laughs> but, like, people just, whatever they try to get some of this stuff, when they, when they start getting a little bit of buzz, and they, they, they want to grab onto that. And we see that all the time online with a lot of these Beers that are really highly rated and touted, it's more due to the limited availability of it because it's people being able to say, I had it and you didn't, and that makes it more special, more unique, more better than anything else. Sounds good, boys. We're going to take a little break. How many more beers do we have left? We got one Dirty left. Derek. So we're, we got one one beer. left. Yeah, it's, a, it's a big boy. It's a big boy, and everybody's looking forward to that big boy. We're going to take a little break, and I'm going to clear my skull. Alice Cooper here on the Beer Geeks.
with the stethoscope To check my pulse, you gotta hold my hand Then I blow the fuse on the Instagram Nurse Rosetta from Alice Cooper here. Doesn't it? Yeah. What the hell are yeah. you talking about, Sharon? Sorry. I was saying um, this next beer that we have that's that's like licking, um, it's like kissing God. <laughs> Very appropriate for, for something a little more dirty. Than well, well, I, was, I so realized like we're this, live on the radio, like the, so I had to tone it back a little bit. It's like the Sistine God. Chapel with like the, um, the guy like reaching up and the and the, and yeah, the, the finger this, of God coming. I was down trying to figure like, out where this where I was getting these flavors and these aromas from as I'm smelling this beer, and the, and I just happened to look over at Billy. I said, you know, it reminds me of Utopias. Yeah. yeah, there is a little bit of that. that yeah. The smell, right. the, the so aroma. Before, before we go on, let's talk about what it is that people have a clue. Oh, all right, sorry. So we're, we're drinking right now 1,095. Now, this is their third anniversary ale. Oh, 11.8%. Sorry, I thought it was 11.2. No, 11.8. Yeah, I, how, how dare I? 11.8%. Now, what this is, I will read the description. A blend of several bourbon barrel-aged Belgian dark strong ales, including a portion of their first two anniversary beers, Aged in barrels. I will tell you, it's really also nice. brewed with the tears of children <laughs> and this, puppies. This, this There's is, puppies in this. It's that delicious. This is definitely one that you absolutely have to try. It's it just, I, I love when you get a brewery that does a really nice blend of things like that. And that the, when there's bourbon present, as we've said on here before, I love when there's bourbon present, but it doesn't burn. And at 11.8%, this is so freaking smooth. It's, it's really nice. It's really nice yeah. at Easter's on Sunday because this beer is going to make me go to hell. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it. I was thinking it tastes more nothing. like heaven. Wait, so wait, how about this for a tagline? Tastes like heaven, we'll send you to hell. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I, I think there's, Let's post I think that on there's probably a few of those out there, I guarantee you. Yep. Like, tastes like heaven, burns like hell. I but doesn't, no, like, not burn, no we'll send you to hell. Send you to hell. Buzzkill. It's nice because you get there, there's this hint like in the aroma. I mean, there's just so much bourbon coming through. Like you get that vanilla, but there's not a lot of coconut in this one either, which I, I appreciate too. It's it's kind of dissipated, but you get some of those really nice bourbon notes, some of the vanilla coming through, and then in the the taste, it's like you get some of those dark red fruits and things like that, just blending perfectly into it. it's it's got a semi sweet, not overly. It's perfectly balanced for how big this is. It's yeah, it so finishes. Balanced. It finishes pretty dry. Yeah. It's not like it's not like a heavy mouthfeel either. No, for, and that's what, what's know. incredible because I mean, like there's a lot of malt going on in here, but it's not really heavy. I want a heavy. steak. 
You say that every morning. I know. I, say every- I, know. <laughs> I think that's just a running theme. Doesn't you know matter what? And here's the thing, because like I, you know, I, <laughs> we were just at the Lagunitas launch party, and uh, I was saying to Derek down there, and we're like, oh, you know, this is great, and um, you know, they, you know, had a really nice spread there, and it was like, you know, paired a lot of the beers of food, and they had a really nice. Um, Really nice dark beer. Um, nighttime, nighttime, yeah. nighttime. But they paired it with chocolate brownies, which it went fine. But it does. I, yeah, we I, heard all about. Yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> I, I get on this. I get on this kick of like I don't like dark beers with sweet foods. Sean hate, I, hates the low hanging fruit. That's what it's he, a low hanging fruit. You got to go a little, yeah. little deeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is you know this is one of those beers that like you know if you go to a beer dinner. And this is one of those beers that they'll say, oh, well, this is going to go great with, with chocolate, chocolate pie. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, we'll stick it with uh, pecan pie. Ah, something I will, sweet. I will say about this. hanging fruit. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those beers. Stick it with steak. If, if you are a fan of Belgians, if you're a fan of darker beers, if you're a fan of things that are, you know, maybe even like a sweet wine, all those types of things, like you will love this beer. They're, they're, this is one of those beers that has something for everyone, including those who like bourbon, because I mean, it's just got bourbon all, whiskey drinkers, watch yeah, out. All, all of these things like are really complimentary within this beer, and it, it drinks so easily too. It doesn't matter if you're like, oh, you know, because some people can't handle the bigger beers because the alcohol burn or things like that. There's none of that in this. I mean, this, this really is a showcase of the talents that are going on at that brewery. I mean, this is the perfect summation of everything we had today. I mean, Starting out with an, an IPA, which is, you know, the IPA and the double IPA are always a tough nut to crack because all of our palates are so jaded within that. So it's kind of tough because it's like so easy to go, ah, been there, done that, had that before, okay. But no, they had, they stood their own. Then we get into a really silky, smooth imperial milk porter with coffee, which was phenomenal. And now we ratchet it up a bit, have a really well-blended Belgian-style beer that's aged in bourbon barrels, that doesn't have a ton of heat, that still comes in at 11.8%. It just really all across the board. This is a brewery that knows what the hell they're doing. This is one of the most unique beers I've I've had here on the show. And it's it's a brewery. If you are an immediate listener, you're in our Pennsylvania area, you're not listening online, take a trip out to this brewery or just hop on their website, canebrewing. I think it's canebrewing.com or just Google search. Or hop on the bus that Derek's going to run. (laughs) I'm going to drive a bus. This is Um, two bus trips we got Derek going on now, right? I'm going to be doing a lot of logging traffic, uh, logging miles on this bus here. But uh, you know, just <laughs> just look up Cane Brewing. I believe it's canebrewing.com. Get on their website. You can find where they are in New Jersey and go there and try whatever the hell they have. If you can get out to the brewery, go out to the brewery. It, it's a super easy trip to make, and it's totally worth it. And if you get out there, tell Michael you heard him on our show. Pat him on the back and say sorry. Things kind of tell him Sean's out. on the way down with the with yeah, the, uh, Sean's coming down with some lotion and, and he's getting ready to rub his feet. And uh, you know it'll all work out. But no, th- this was. You know, I wish we were able to talk to him a little bit more. But I'm very thankful we were able to try these beers. And this was just this is an absolutely phenomenal brewery that is a true up and comer. And the, it, it definitely is one of those breweries. As soon as I posted, those who have heard of this brewery were up in arms and, and just so excited, love this brewery. Those who hadn't were kind of intrigued and interested in it, and it's totally worth it. I'm pumped I got to finally try them. I've yeah. been, you know, to me, I've been like uh, Being secretly, in PA, yeah. we've heard their name being kicked around a lot because, I mean, it's a 45-minute it's a drive to the, probably the nearest place it has it, if that. And uh, They don't let me out much, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed in New Jersey, according yeah. to the uh, state police. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, can somebody do me a favor and check Ed's pulse over there? <laughs> Ed. Well, you know what, Freddie, it's funny you bring up Ed because Ed, um, you know, 
I'm going to be MIA for the rest of the month almost because, uh, you know, it's it's it's. <laughs> Well, it's beer festival season here in northeastern Pennsylvania. As soon as the snow goes away, uh, everyone wants to drink beer outside, and that's kind of crazy. So uh, There's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it at all. But I'm not – I was uh, – Derek called me the other day. He's getting ready for the uh, the show this morning, and he goes, oh, Sean, well, what about next week? I'm like, I won't be there. He's like, we won't be there. I'm like, well, it's Shadowbrook's Beer Festival. He goes, oh. He goes, well, uh, well, the next week. I said, well, that's that's the EC Brew Festival. He goes, yeah. oh, all right. And I go, he goes, well, oh, well, what about next week? I go, well, we're going on the bus trip to Boston. He goes, oh, all right. He goes, well, what about next week? I go, well, listen, oh, I'm let, going me, to- let me preface this by, I wasn't that excited. I'm just- well, <laughs> he was. No, he was that excited. And then, you know, he ends with, uh, well, what about the week after Boston? I said, well, Derek, you got Lord Hobo, you got Deep Ellum, you got Mead Hall, you got the Public House. I very well may not survive. Or I may need a liver transplant. So Ed, I'm 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 hitting the ball over to you, buddy. Hey, you're yeah. the you're the best. And we have some. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tee up a couple of ones you have coming up too, because we have some really nice ones. Because next week now. Uh, we have Loganitas on again, but we're not. We had Loganitas on previously, and we talked to owner Tony McGee. We're going to be talking to brewmaster Jeremy Campbell, I believe. I don't have it right in front of me. Yes. I believe it's Jeremy Campbell, correct? Jeremy, yes. Okay. We're going to be talking to Jeremy next week and really diving into a couple other different unique beers from the brewery. And now those who are outside our door can run out and get any of these beers, which is awesome to have. And then the week after that, we have a super special crazy uh, show we're going to be doing all double IPAs and I just sourced last night some straight from the brewery Russian River Plain of the Elder for that we're doing a double IPA son of a we're doing a double IPA <laughs> mute my mic mute my mic but, uh, we have we were going to be doing some really big sought after double IPAs including Hetty Topper including Pliny and including Shape of Hops to Come Hop Stupid some Enjoy By I'm getting kicked in the shins but, uh, yeah, we're going to be doing some really – that's going to be one of those uh, shows where I post a photo when we break the internet because that's those are the types of things that everybody goes crazy <laughs> to anyone, for. To anyone, uh, any of the Scranton Brewers Guild people that are listening right now, I'm going to be late for setup for EC Brewfest. I have a feeling that you'll be able to carry on without me. I'm coming down and drink some Pliny the Elder. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to be getting some really cool things Wait, for that. so you're actually going to make it now? Oh, something! Well, he didn't tell oh. me. Listen, he just he he. Well, I just found we out were, we were worthy enough. I had a friend. Out, I had no, a friend down like, in California that made a trip north and uh, messaged me last night and said, "Hey, I got you some." You got a guy. So I'm happy with that. I got well, a guy. he's got a guy. But I mean, I'm just saying. Or I could just go to Derek's house and steal it out but of his next fridge, week, and then you're not getting it either. Next week is Loganitas, so definitely you want to tune in on that one. And we're going to be able to get into recipes on that one because we already dived into the histories. So now we can get into recipes talking to the brewmaster. That's good time, and thank everybody for joining. This was another experience, an adventure on the Beer Geeks Radio Hour. A little bit. You get to Cane Brewing in New Jersey. Go, Yeah, do go, that go, up, go, definitely. Go. But it was a good time, a lot of stuff going on. And go down and see Backyard Billy. You going to be there today at Backyard Ale I House, am. Billy. I'm heading there right after the show. You might be seeing me. That's That'd be a good time. Excellent. Come on, let's yeah, do I it. think I might do that. Uh, on behalf of everybody here, thank you for joining us, Beer Geeks Radio Hour, here on Sports Hub 102.3 NBC Sports Radio. I am Fast Freddy, and consider yourselves with.